Hello, and welcome to Tweet Teen Time, a podcast by two guys with an approximate knowledge of many things. I'm Feats. And I'm Tommy. And we are here to talk about stuff, as always. So, good Tommy, as I always ask, what's new with you? Not a whole lot. I've been dipping dipping my toes deeper into the pool that is Vaporwave. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've been like... I guess I guess listening to a lot more. I've found an artist called Windows ninety six, who is when I say top tier vaporwave, I mean top tier vaporwave, like just ooh, maybe not not necessarily Odyssey level top tier, but like wicked good stuff. Dang, good to know. I mean that's a pretty fantastic name for an artist already. Oh if yeah. I say so myself. Any uh, particular favorite tracks or albums? Uh, Enchanted Instrumentals and Whispers is a very good album by them. Or him, or her, or whoever. Actually, who is it? I assume they're relatively new. Um, like 2016, I believe. 2017 was a big year. Windows 96 came out with four albums that year. Oh my goodness. And then came out with one album every year after that. That's like almost king gizzard and the lizard wizard levels of releases how much do they uh i think they did five in one year at one point well it's not hard when all of your music sounds the same per album are you criticizing king gizzard or windows 96 king gizzard (laughs) dang brutal i mean i know one of them one of those albums like i think it's nonagon infinity is like supposed to loop or something which is always an interesting idea but it sounds like you're not really a fan no, I don't. I don't dislike. Like, I'm not like super against them. Is Nonagon Infinity the one that all of the songs are in the same like time signature? Oh, I don't know. I haven't actually listened to. I any... think it's Nonagon Infinity. So like, all the songs are in the same time signature. So it doesn't sound like the music is like changing, and that's the album I was talking about. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a very interesting move. Yeah, so like every all the songs do sound very similar. Um, I was not personally a huge fan. You know what? That's okay. There are seven people in King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, though. Holy cow! I also just found a band called the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. <laughs> Another great name. And that has the same energy as Airplane Crotch Hammer. It really does. There are so many just great sayings out there that you hear them and you're like, "That's a good band name." Like, what is it about certain sayings that just sound like a band name? I mean, usually they're slightly messed up sayings. Like, when I say messed up, I mean they're just not correct. Yeah, they're, like, they're, like, slightly So, like, like, we'll burn that, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Also, the four guys in the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets look like they would be in a band called Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. I am not disappointed. (laughs) I don't even know what that means, and yet I feel like I also do know what that means. Their top five songs are Cornflake, Found God in a Tomato, Denmark slash Van Gogh and Gone, Cubensis Lenses, and Marmalade March. <laughs> they sound great by the titles alone. Do you know what genre they are? I have no I'll, I guess you can, they usually have like a, like a little like, this is who we are. Yeah. Uh, about. You look on Spotify? Yeah. Take the trail out of per. Oh, they're Australian. Yeah, I. Mm, it's not really telling me what genre they are. They are on a uh, thing called psychedelic indie rock, so I do think they are an indie rock band. Speaking of 
not really like Vaporwave, but I guess back to the synthwave of last week. There was an M83 album that I totally forgot to mention. What is it? It's called Junk. It came out in 2016. It's much closer to a traditional album where all of the songs are much more like... Well, they're, they're songs and not a little girl talking about touching frogs that make her hallucinate. <laughs> I think that's what you mean. Yes, but I also mean they're not like background synthwave. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a big fan of that album. I know it's not the highest regarded, but there are some songs on there that I absolutely love. Like Laser Gun, Do It, Try It. Both quality songs. Ah, uh, yes, Do It, Try It. Um, Daft Punk's song, famous song. Do It, Try It. Dude, I was listening to a lot of Daft Punk today. That's a quality really? band. Yeah, they got some good stuff. I like some of their stuff. Some of their stuff is a little strange, but I'm a fan. Yeah. They got some weird stuff, and then they got some top-tier, cutting-edge MLG pro gameplay. I mean, of course. One of my favorite things about Daft Punk is in their... They've only done, like, a couple tours ever, I think. Because they're not, you know... Their music is not exactly concert-friendly, I would argue. Mm -hmm. It's more of, like, going into a club. Yes, it's very much... It's dance music, you know? On one of their tours, um... In 2006-2007, they, like took a bunch of their music that from their past three from their first three albums and like mixed it all together and had a bunch of cool like remixes some of them don't hit as well as others but some of them are like mm-hmm. really top tier alive 2007 is a very cool live album and i'm not usually a fan of live music as much so that's fair i mean live music especially when you listen to it on like spotify terrible it's bad <laughs> yeah, for the most I'll, part I'll, a lot of it is is rough well, because it's like you're like chilling there and you're like, oh, like I'm, I was listening to some music and then all of a sudden I hear, yeah. I'm just like, stop it. Get some help. Um, it doesn't help that a lot of artists aren't always great live. Yeah, that's true. I won't name any names, but unfortunately, name some are. I mean, I love the B-52s, but <laughs> I, saw, I saw the B-52s live. And they were underwhelming. I saw Casey in the Sunshine Band live, and that was a that was an adventure. Did it just lack that energy? Because that was the problem that I had with B fifty twos. Was just, I know they're all old, but like I don't know it. it didn't well, have no. So the here's energy. the here's the thing about it was everybody was fine except for Casey himself. The man is very obviously, you know, almost seventy. Yeah. And, you know, he's still on that grind, but he was wearing just this this terrible, this horrible wig. You know, he was trying to run around. He just, he looked like he was trying too hard to cut a jig. It was, it was um, pretty rough, pretty rough to watch. I See, I had, like, the opposite experience where old Fred Schneider, the leading man in the B-52s, who has one of the greatest voices of all time. Of course very fun to imitate but he was just clearly very tired and just kind of like not going through the motions because he was still like singing well but it was just yeah i don't know it wasn't it seems like he wasn't having fun with it whereas one of the openers for them was orchestral movements in the dark and that man who i think is also on the older side not like old old but you know getting up there he was incredibly energetic and like dancing around and he was having a blast 
And I don't even listen to OMG, but like. I mean, there's only there's only uh, what's it called? Two of them left, right? And like. Uh yes, I believe I believe it's only two of them left, because it was mostly just the one guy for most of it, but there was another guy there. That's good though. Oh, it was great. I like they were one of the most fun bands I've ever seen live. Honestly, it was a good time. I don't know. Live recordings just make me want to make me wish I was at a concert. I feel like. I'm not much for concerts. I'll be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Well, you have to remember, like, I'm not much for crowds, loud noises. That is completely fair. It really depends on the concert for me. True. I like I like me some some singing and some dancing. So, a lot of music takes for you. Yeah. I listen to a lot of music. Um, I think you listen to a lot of music too. Oh, of course. So we we always have hot music takes that aren't that hot, but like you know who cares. If it's not a hot take, then what's the point of making the take? Is there anything else? Uh, anything else on your mind this week? I can talk a little bit about. I've been playing. I started playing a new game today. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's called Wildermyth. What's up with that? Um, so it's like a. I don't even know how to. It's a, it's an RPG. You control like a party of adventurers, and you have like it's basically just a campaign that takes place over like thirty or forty years, maybe fifty, depending on uh, how big the campaign is, and like you evolve your characters and like each of their weapons have special names and stuff and like you basically are creating legends and that's like the whole point of the game you're creating myths and legends oh yeah and then like your characters become legacies and stuff and like it's pretty cool i like it a that lot. sounds really cool yeah this is like a fantasy rpg yeah with like it's got like robots in it too but they're like alchemical robots instead of like sci-fi robots there's like five different types of enemies there's like cthulhu enemies basically um or no they're called the gorgons but they like don't look like gorgons um and then there's like basically kobolds with like just people with animal heads um there's the robots like they're called like the morgani or something there's big bugs the big bug and then there are just these like i don't even know they're called deeplings that's really all i know they're mushroom people or something they like not that they're made of mushroom but they like control mushrooms oh okay yeah it's cool interesting i mean i was hooked already from the robots thing because i love seeing robots not in a traditional sci-fi setting yeah because that's always a lot more creative that's something i've been thinking about a lot lately with other projects i'm working on but it's i don't know it's always really cool to think about i'm curious to like see what they look like but the other guys sound cool too yeah well i did a campaign today like that took me about four hours that was against the gorgons and i did pretty well i didn't lose anybody i almost did but she ended up just losing her leg um and she kept fighting on for the rest of it and that happened in like my second mission and she just kept going for the rest of the game so she was good she probably got some of the most kills out of everybody dang yeah I don't know. It's a lot of fun because, like, you get kind of attached to the characters and they have, like, their own, like, relationships with each other and stuff. They can, like, dislike each other. They can like each other. They can be, like, afflicted by different things and they change as the years go on and stuff. And it's pretty cool. I I liked my original group. That's really fun. One of my favorite things about my limited experience in D&D was realizing the potential to develop such, like, strong relationships between each individual of your party. Yeah, yeah. Because I just thought it was really cool that, you know, it kind of, all that long time spent playing gives you time to, like, develop individual relationships that you might not be able to get in a traditional movie or even a show sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's basic. It's basically just one person Dungeons and Dragons. I'll be honest with you. That sounds awesome. It's only like twenty bucks right now. It's technically early access, but I'd consider it a pretty full game at the moment. I'm enjoying it. I assume this is on uh, Steam, yeah. Yes, and it you can get it on Mac, uh, Windows, and Linux. I was surprised recently because I was just talking to someone about setting up Steam on a Mac, and I was like, oh, I don't know if you'll be able to play this, but there's a lot of games that are, you know, a lot more games than I would think that work on Macs, which is nice. Yeah. If you want to use Linux, then uh, forget using well, executable that's... files. I didn't even know that. I don't even know what those are. I'll be honest with you. Well, so you know how, like, you have a game, it's a .exe? Yeah. From my understanding, that's not how Linux works. Oh. Because okay. my old laptop used to run Linux on it, and I tried to play Minecraft, which is a great game, and it just, it wouldn't. <laughs> you want to execute those files? We just passed a federal law, you can't. No offense to Linux, but other operating systems are more of what I need for my life, so. Well, Linux, you know, it has its, you know, it has its place. Yeah, no, it definitely does. There were some great free games that I could get on Linux. Uh, big fan of Extreme Tux Racing. Extreme? Isn't Tux the penguin? Yes, Tux is their mascot, and a bunch of people make games about him. So there's one that's just a really basic downhill sledding game, but, like, I find it really fun. I have some nostalgia for that. Oh my goodness. Just, are you looking it up? Yeah, why is this game... Like, it looks like the background is really well rendered, but Tux is just... Oh, yeah. Fuzzy boy. No, the graphics are... Fantastic. But, I don't know, it's got a charm to it. There's also Tux Racer, or no, I think it's Extreme Tux Kart. Extreme Tux Kart. Yes. It's, oh, uh, no, it's, okay, I got it wrong two times. It's Super Tux Kart. The other game I was talking about is Extreme Tux Racer. Which is the sledding game. Which is completely separate. Oh my goodness. Now, actually, this does, the, the graphics on this one aren't abysmal. Yeah, no, so Super Tux Kart is a pretty confidently made game it's got a bunch of characters that are mascots for things like it has if i remember correctly it has the mozilla fox firefox in it Ooh, it'd be nice if <laughs> the website was a little more oh here we go okay um this is a fun game i kind of missed this game are they still updating this hey we're still making it we're still making the game i'm quarantine tarantino i'm in a game <laughs> Me and Kubrick, we've made Super Tux Kai. <laughs> it's Linux only. <laughs> no play. Actually, it's Google Play as well, so. Shoot, dude, I might have to see if I can get this game again. Apparently, the initial release date for Super Tux Cart was April 20th, 2019. <laughs> um, but the stable release was January 5th, 2020. <laughs> and the e do you want to know what the engine for it is? Yes. Antarctica. Oh, of course. I mean, it's it's Tux. It's our boy Tux. It's Tux. It's our man. <laughs> it's our little man. I mean, I see that all the versions are O point something, so I guess that makes sense. But, like... <laughs> How long did it take them to get to 1.0? <laughs> like, a decade at least, I think. <laughs> wow. And again, no disrespect. I, I have a soft spot for this game. Oh, we might have to play it and talk about it yes. at some point. I don't know if it has online multiplayer, but if it does, we are playing it. Oh, it has the GIMP mascot. That's right. I, uh, what's it called? We were talking about, uh, Dark RP servers, and I had another, I had another wonderful Dark RP, what's it called, experience. I told you a little bit about it. Oh, yeah. What, uh, what happened there? It was, like, this really crappy Dark RP server. It, it, it just wasn't great. Well, it wasn't well run. But um, we wanted to start a, f a smoothie store slash gun store. 
so as soon as I get onto the server, my friends had already established themselves, and this mob boss walks up to me, and he's just like, hey, I'm looking for, uh, and he's talking like this, of course, because he's playing as a mob boss. He goes like, hey, I'm looking for, I'm looking for some guns, and I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, my friends have a gun store. We should wait a second. And so I keep trying to talk to him and stuff, and my friends just aren't showing up, and I'm looking like an idiot. I decided to become a piano player, too, so I'm just looking like a dude in a tux in the middle of nowhere. We finally get led to the shop, and while they're doing business, I'm like, oh, it's time to play piano. So I throw a piano down, and it's this massive grand piano, and I put it in front of the store so nobody can leave and nobody can get into the store. And while everybody's getting angry about this, I'm sitting outside playing clocks by uh, uh, Coldplay. Of course, they're classic. I finally got killed. So I built another piano up on the second floor, which just filled the entire room. And it was, like, poking out of the walls and stuff. And I found, like, the alternate key. It had, like, way more keys to use. And it had, like, way more songs. And so my friends start getting attacked. And as they're getting attacked, I start playing the Rocky theme song. So they're getting attacked and like captured and stuff and they just hear in the background in really crappy like piano keys and then the occasional like bad note of me being like and it was just it was a wonderful adventure that's magical. it was fantastic a real billy joel out of here oh yeah i'm the best of the best have you had any good experiences with that recently not really. I, I I messed around a little bit in Gary's mod uh, the other day, more just kind of as a... After we were talking, I was like, I miss this game, as if I don't have enough hours of playtime in it. And I, you know, threw down, went back to some old maps, had some fun. Mm. But our discussion last week got me on a real a real Half-Life universe kick. A real kick for it? Yeah. Oh, yeah you were watching videos about it, right? Yeah, I watched to, you know, go off of what we were talking about in our last episode to learn some more about that i watched a video summarizing all of the half-life timeline first of all no mention of the moon landing so so we know it's fake exactly we know that quarantine tarantino is in star wars with the our moon wars the phantom moon landing (laughs) i already forgot what his voice was oh my god we're losing our minds you were the one who brought him up this week my bad. No, uh, I don't know if I want to date when this podcast came out, but mm-hmm. Half-Life Alex released somewhat recently, I will say, um, mm-hmm. which is the first installment in the Half-Life franchise since 2007, I believe. Jeez. Which, yeah, it's big exciting. Um, it's only VR, so I don't have any VR system, so I can't just play. watch a playthrough. I'm strongly considering doing that because I really want to know what happens. It takes place between Half-Life 1 and 2, so it's not like really? it's going to be anything crazy. But I've heard it's excellent. I have heard good things, yes. Um, and I know I watched an interview with Gabe Newell, one of the co-creators of Valve, and he was talking about how like they kind of sat on this game for a little while making sure you know, it was the right time to release it and it was in the right place because the way they described it is they want half-life games to solve problems and to be like innovative so they didn't want to throw it out there if they didn't have faith in the technology and stuff like that mm-hmm. i don't know yeah that's yeah it made me really miss that franchise and made me realize how much i really want more half-life content yeah because it's it's not so much a 
it's not so much a story that has like really deep characters or character arcs it just has a really weird universe that i think is really interesting no it yeah it's a goofy it's a goofy place like i don't know actually a ton about it i'm not super into super into half-life but i just know it's like it's weird weird stuff yeah because it starts like there's just like alien war going on for a while and then in the 50s the government makes facilities in the southwest and access one of these alien worlds and steal a crystal and then run tests on it that opens a portal and the aliens come through and a whole you know event goes on and gordon freeman has to save the day ah yes gordon freeman the most uh i don't even know what i would call him he's he's probably the most famous silent pro oh second most famous silent pro tag i mean i think i know who the first is i think it's link dude i thought we were talking tux oh Tux, is, Tux yes. is my hero. I didn't know. I didn't know Tux doesn't uh, doesn't talk. I thought he would at least make a squeaky sound. I actually don't know. I just know he doesn't talk in Extreme Tux Racer. That's the only game I care about. <laughs> does Tux from Linux talk? <laughs> the deep lore. It does. I don't hear anything. But Tux. I like to think if he talked, he would sound like Wheezy from Toy Story Two. That's what I was thinking. However, all my deep diving into Half Life got me really on a portal kick again and man i want them to do more portal <laughs> like i know we talked about how there probably doesn't need to be a portal 3 but like it just has such a unique feel to it that series and i didn't even realize but all minor spoilers for um half-life the half-life episodes which take place after half-life episode 2 there is a development in the half-life episodes that's talking about the ship called the borealis which <laughs> at this time of day uh, which is apparently manufactured by aperture science oh and hmm. i thought that was crazy especially because they reference like oh it has this important power on it or something which i wonder if it has anything to do with portals or anything and when you said ship i thought you meant like spaceship oh no it's like a boat that's a big old boat. Yeah. It's just a giant boat that just went missing, I think. And then they found it in, like, the Arctic. And in episode three, we're going to go there and maybe blow it up. Only maybe, though. Probably not. Well, some characters were against it. And some characters were for it. But I'm definitely for it. But yeah, I don't know. Just Portal, the soundtrack, is one of my favorite video game soundtracks. Just in general. Mm-hmm. Oh has such a great sound to it. Such a, it's a very atmospheric soundtrack, but it's still memorable, which is great. Yeah. Love Portal. I've been listening to, speaking of soundtracks, a lot of The Sims soundtrack lately. The Sims? Yes, which is weird, but I find it like good working music because ever since the day recently when I played some Sims with some friends, I put on some music in the background and I was like, there has to be some iconic Sims music. And of course there is. But the first soundtrack just has a very nice... 2000s video game feel to it that I find weirdly relaxing. Nostalgic. Kind of, even though I never really played The Sims. Yeah, but you don't need to have played it to feel nostalgic. That's true. But yeah, I find that that's been a good soundtrack to work to as well. As well as my go-to is always the Shadow of the Colossus soundtrack, because I love that game, and I love that soundtrack. Are there any video game soundtracks you've been listening to lately, or anything like that? I mean, I'm always listening... If, if it's a video game soundtrack, it's probably the Zelda one. Of course. I 
have listened to pretty much every Zelda game all the way through, except for probably the Oracles games, because the soundtrack for those is awful. Like, instrumentation-wise, or like... Yes, it's very hard to listen to. It's just screechy noises. And once again, my ears are kind of on the sensitive side, and it does not fare well for me right at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of amazing Zelda songs. I don't know if we want to get into that today or another day. I mean, I'm always down to talk about it. I'll let you decide that, because I will go off for far too many hours. I, I got I got something else that actually came out. You got something else? Now. Okay, all right, sure. Yeah. So, total tangent, but you know what? Who cares? It's our podcast. We can do what we want. We'll do what we want. We're working on it. So, I had a conversation recently with somebody I know about cartoons and some of the, okay. some of the modern cartoons that I've been watching, you know, over the past like decade or so. Cuz there's some great ones. And there's a bunch I want to get into another day, specifically the conversation I was having, which was about certain Disney shows, but there's one particular Disney show that you're somewhat familiar with. It's kind of complicated. Cuz I've been thinking a lot about the new DuckTales, which you have not seen. So, I'm really, I'm really dating today's episode when we recorded it a lot. Uh, DuckTales Season 3, the new one, is coming out in, like, a week and a half. And the new trailer has revealed a lot of characters are coming back from various shows. Really? I don't know how much you want me to spoil for you or not. Cause... Nah, don't spoil too, too much, because like I said, I do want to get to it. Yeah, and I don't know how much is going to be plot relevant and how many people are just showing up for the heck of it. I mean, they do that a lot in those kinds of shows. That's a pretty common thing. They're just like, eh, throw in uh, Spider-Man, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, so who do you know that's shown up in DuckTales 2017 that was maybe not part of the original DuckTales? Darkwing Duck. Yes. Which which starts as like just a joke, but then becomes a bigger thing, which is kind of amazing. The three... What are they called? The three caballeros? Yeah, that's I was going to say habaneros. I, <laughs> I mean, I probably pronounced it wrong, too. So, Who else? Let me think for a second. I'm thinking back to that poster you showed me. Yes, so I did show you the season three poster, and most of the characters I was going to talk about are already on there, but there were a couple from another Disney afternoon show that I don't know how they're going to play in at all. They weren't even in the latest trailer, but I was shocked to see them. Oh, there's those uh, chipmunks... Chip and Not Dale, Alvin. The Rescue no. Rangers? That's it. Yes. That's what I saw literally like today. Apparently, I'm very late to the to the party on this, but apparently the Rescue Rangers are going to be in the new DuckTales, which is kind of amazing. Like, I love that this new DuckTales is just a massive love letter to the Disney Afternoon era of shows, especially like the early kind of beginnings of the late 80s, early 90s. I thought they were in the poster. Um? How did I guess that? <laughs> you might have just... Maybe they are. Maybe I'm just stupid. Now that I'm looking... um, Yeah, I think that's them. I feel stupid for not noticing them before. There's some characters from Tailspin. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Another very similar talking animal kind of Disney show. Um, I don't think it was as good as DuckTales from what I heard, but I know it had some oh. love. Are there any other characters here who you recognize? Not really. I was not a 
Disney cartoon person. I grew up as a Nickelodeon Cartoon Network-ish person. Really? I'm kind of the opposite, where, like, I didn't really care about cartoons that much until more recently, which is ironic, like, what a loser. Yeah. But <laughs> I used to I used to watch Noggin when I was young. Noggin. That. Yeah. I remember that, but I don't remember what was on it. With with Moose Moose and uh, Z the bird. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Max and Ruby was on it. A classic. Which honestly, probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite. I'd still sit down and watch that show. Oh, there's a Noggin mobile app apparently. Oh shoot. Maybe it's one of the million streaming services out there right now. Because what was weird about Max and Ruby was, like, you couldn't exactly tell what time frame it was supposed to be in, which was kind of charming, kind of nice, kind of epic. Yeah, it's very much got that kind of old-style-ish, but also, like... Oh, the Upside Down show! What was the Upside Down show? Oh, my gosh. It was... Okay, so it was only for, like, two seasons, maybe only one season, and only... Um, it was basically these two Australian, like, basically comedians who, I'm not even going to call it slapstick, they had a lot of just, like, bits that they do. I think it was only one season, but the season, yeah, it was only one season. Um, it was 13 episodes. Each episode was so good, they just had all these little bits that they would always do and stuff, and they had, they were very good at, like, I don't know, kind of, like, improv stuff, I guess. Like, stuff that would be good in, like, improv and whatnot. Like, they had this thing where they were able to make, like, a ringing noise, but while moving their mouth in a different way. So, so like, they would make, like, a sustained, like, bing sound, but they would do it. But they would be moving their mouth like they were saying something, but it wouldn't change, like, what the sound was. So it just sounded like there was a background sound and they were being drowned out. It was cool. I'm doing a poor job explaining it, but it was very interesting. That sounds so bizarre. Oh my gosh, it was. Oh, there's Ubi, which I never watched. Oh, what was Ubi? That sounds familiar. It's the one with the hands. Noggin now, at least. I don't know if he's originally aired on Noggin, but it has a lot of stuff. Nihao Kailan, I remember. Oh yeah, uh, Little Bear. Sounds vaguely familiar. Wonder uh, Pets. Backyardigans. The Backyardigans. An amazing show. Alright, okay. We had this discussion in our friend group a few months back, but a very important question. Who is the best Backyardigan? Oh, that's 100% easy. It's Pablo. Yes, exactly. But I will always push my man Tyrone. He was a solid Tyrone is top tier, too. It was, like, the base three were always great. Tyrone, Pablo, and Uniqua. Excuse me? Isn't her name Uniqua? Uniqua's an abomination. (laughs) No, but they were, like, the base three. They were the ones who were in every single episode. And then Austin and uh, whatever the hippo girl, Tasha... Unless I'm wrong, I could be mixing them up. No, you're very right. The hippo girl was Tasha. Uniqua was... No, but what I'm saying is... Shut up. <laughs> no, Uniqua sucks. I can't believe you, you said that. I'm <laughs> going to cry. <laughs> you hurt my soul. I'm sorry. I don't remember much about Uniqua. I care more about Pablo. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. You don't remember anything about Uniqua because she's trash. <laughs> Pablo. Okay, well, let's most... move on to Little no, Bear. No, no, Pablo <laughs> is one of the most developed characters in television history. Tyrone is one of the most complex, tortured minds of children's <laughs> television. Uniqua is nothing. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. 
Alright, well, let's talk about Little Bear now. I don't know what I need to say about Little Bear. What the hell is Little Bear? What's funny about Little Bear is um, his dad wears, like... His dad and his mom both wear clothes. Little Bear doesn't wear clothes. Of course. Um, there's Wonder Pets. I think you said that. Yes, which is a classic. Maggie and the Ferocious Beast. Oh, yes! Maggie and the Ferocious Beast is one of those shows that, like, was always in the corner of my mind, and I never really thought about it until, like, a year ago when it just came up on YouTube, and I had... It just sent me. <laughs> Lazy Town. Yes, dude. Wow, wow, Wubsy. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I think... Yo, Gabba, Gabba. I want to say those were after my time, our time, mm. but I might have just not cared about them when I was the right age. Franklin. Hey, I was going to bring Franklin. up Franklin. I remember the 2D animated show, but apparently there's a CG show now. Uh, Max and Ruby, like we said earlier, the Fresh Beat Band. That think, was, like, r- right at the end of our time. If I had to... Yeah, that sounds... I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's just, like, these... It's, like, these four acapella singers or something. I don't know. It's wacky. Interesting. So, the Wiggles bit worse. Yes. Um, if I had to pick one... Shoot, this is tough. I think I'd have to go with Max and Ruby. I think Max and Ruby was always my, uh, my top tier go-to. Oh, of course. But the backyard against is a close second. I feel that. I feel that a hundred percent. And Wonder Pets was also a classic. But I'll be real. Wonder I couldn't Pets, tell you anything Wonder about Wonder Pets, Pets aside from the song. Baby elephant, save. I think Little Einstein's was on this too. Oh snap! Uh, one that uh, what's it called? One that aged a little poorly. Uh, Bill Cosby's Little Bill. Oh no! What is that? Um, it's this show about. It's Little Bill is a happy five-year-old living in a big city with his extended family, which includes his parents, his older brother and sister, and his great-great-grand... No, not great-great, just great-grandmother, known as Alice the Great, along with his good pals Fuchsia, Andrew, and Kiku. Little Bill tries hard to be fair and do the right thing as he learns life's lessons. When he stumbles, though, he has the support of his family, friends, and other adults in his world. Hold on, how old do you have to be until you get called so-and-so the great well no because she's a great grandmother i know but like that's so epic (laughs) once you get to the point where you're like oh that's not my great grandmother that's alice the great i forgot about his brother his brother was a little bitch i never i have never heard of this show yeah it was an interesting one the one i remember the most is when he finds like a hundred dollar bill on the ground his grandma his alice the great or whatever her name is is like oh yeah you shouldn't take that. It's not your money. And he's like, oh, but it's money. And she's like, I do no, not believe don't. that's what someone named Alice the Great sounds like. <laughs> well, no, she's like, a, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. Don't you dare touch that dollar bill. I'd argue she has a better voice. I'm, I'm looking at some of the trivia, and um, there are two things on the mom's page, and it, it's just, she has three children. Brenda broke her leg when she was young. But it is unknown how. Oh, so deep, mysterious lore. We were talking way more about Little Bill than I would ever like to. Yeah. Let's see. Did you ever watch Blue's Clues? Yeah, I did. W- one last thing about... Sorry, I, I went quiet for a second because um, Little Bill's voice actor, uh, his trivia is he is the first voice actor to be born in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. He was the first actor to be born in 1993. That's both fascinating, but also I feel like one of the most useless facts of trivia I've ever heard. 
<laughs> so it's so twenty years from now when you're at some random uh, some random trivia thing at for work or something, just remember who was the first voice actor of nineteen ninety three? It was Xavier Pritchett. I was gonna say so. you haven't even mentioned his name, so I would not have known his name. It was Xavier Pritchett. It's that simple. Okay, so Noggin apparently acquired a lot of children's television shows. Like, the rights to, like, you know, air repeats and stuff like that. You got a lot of Nickelodeon shows on here. Um, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is definitely after our time. Um, I'm looking at something that says Nick Movies, but the N is cut off, so it just says Ick Movies. <laughs> That's uh, my reaction when I go to the cinema and see Iron Man 3 is playing, and I go, That's not film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> That's just a movie. Ick. Movies. Nick Studio 10. Starring Noah Grossman. He's one of the guys from Smosh now. Oh, shoot, really? Yeah. He's one of the Smosh cast. Hold on. First episode date of uh, Nick Studio 10. According to Google. February 18th, 2013. And the plot synopsis is Four friends take over a studio at Nickelodeon headquarters to create internet videos. There's no end date listed, which I assume means they are. St- <laughs> I assume that means they are still in control of the studio, to this day. <laughs> it never ends. Despite the fact that the ratings of the show is a one point one out of ten on IMDb. <laughs> it is. What was I gonna say though? Because um, a lot of the people from Smosh were on like other shows. So like um, Shane Top and Damian Haas were on So Random. I remember So Random. Yeah. The show within a show that spun off to be its own show. Yep. I mean, Simon the Chance is a classic. Most of the people who are in Smosh at this point, or who were in Smosh, just, like, Smosh Games is almost completely gone. I mean, yeah, Smosh has been around for over a decade now, right? Yeah, but, like, do you remember, like, the Smosh Games crew? There there was, like, there was like uh, a whole bunch of them in Smosh Games, and only one of them is, oh, no, it looks like two of them, but I think it's still just one of them is still employed the rest of them are no longer working for smosh i was gonna say imagine being like the last one left when all the other people that you used to work with have left that's gotta be like kind of sad yeah well i mean at this point pretty much that's probably how ian feels i mean anthony left three years ago now i don't know it's probably a little cursed yeah it sounds like it's strange i never watched a whole lot of smosh but i will absolutely acknowledge that they were you know a huge cultural touchstone for oh yeah our generation oh yeah i don't know we'll talk about youtube culture one day we have uh we will have guests on the show eventually and we have we have a plan for a guest who knows quite a bit about it yes we grew up with some odd shows oh yeah preschool programming i didn't realize it it really sticks with you oh yeah it hits it well it's because it's the formative years you know that's true. I don't think I have much else to say about uh, preschool programming. <laughs> I hope we don't have too much to say about it. I mean, yeah, I haven't watched any of these in a long time. I don't remember any songs from the Backyardigans. I remember Max and Ruby decently well because I watched a little lot of that. But Oh, yeah. I remember the the jam episode with like all the different colored jam. That sounds familiar. I mean, I think we figured out that the real iconic silent protagonist it's not gordon freeman or link or tux no it's max 100 percent. i don't max know how you could think otherwise it's a beast i've heard he, he... he talks though i was gonna say i've heard that he talks now no he used to 
Are you sure? He it would be like two things in the entire episode, or it would be like a word that he would repeat over and over again. Yeah, that that, that actually does sound about right. He's a he's a he's an old verb. Yeah, he he would just say like 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 in the one where he wants like jam, he'll be like just be like jam, jam. Did, didn't they have a grandma? Yeah, the ramifications of that show. Like we don't know how, how old is Ruby and Max and Ruby. Uh, Ruby, Max is like really young. I think. Like Max is like a toddler. I don't think he's that young. I think he's like seven. No, I was incorrect. He's three. Yeah. But, like, that's not that... Okay, here's the thing. Ruby is seven. There's no way that's true. They live alone. I do not believe that for a second. They lie. <laughs> Max and Ruby had seven seasons. Oh, my God. They went from 2002 to 2019. I was going to say, it's still coming. But, like, Ruby was more like a teenager. <laughs> Look up Max's new suit. It's just a very cursed picture of Max. <laughs> I think we found Dude, our background. The sheer stance <laughs> of this man. <laughs> I mean, we gotta, like, tweet this out at least. This is art. Yeah. Tweet. I mean... Thank you for reminding me. Our Twitter is finally set up. At um, TweetTeenTimePod. No underscores, just to 18 time pod. We will be tweeting out episodes and probably other wacky things that come to our minds that are relevant to the podcast or not. Who knows? Maybe culturally relevant things. Maybe random things about shows that came out two decades ago that no one cares about anymore because they were intended for preschoolers. Who's to say? But yeah, check us out there. Give us a follow if you enjoyed the show. I think I gotta go watch some Max and Ruby now. I don't know about you. I think I definitely do. Well, nah, I kind of know how it ends. That's always one of my. First I want to know how it ends. The Deep Lord. I was reading up on why their parents aren't there because they're only seven. And something here is says the reason why there are no parents is because they died in a car accident on their way to pick Ruby up from Bunny Scouts. Max was in the car and survived, but suffered from brain injuries. Hence the reason why he always messes up in the show and Ruby has to look after him. Is this one of those dumb? children's cartoons theories i think it's like a theory but still it's so messed up i hate theories like that they're so <laughs> depressing oh oh in an interview with nick jr wells has said in her defense about max and ruby's unseen parents that quote we don't see max and ruby's parents because she believes that kids resolve their issues with con and conflicts differently when they are on their own um, however in seasons six and seven the series finally introduced max and ruby's parents Oh, well, yeah, because what I was thinking was um, it's their adventures when the parents aren't around. Yeah, which is what a lot of kids shows are. Yeah, so I think that's that makes sense. Wait, yeah, I totally remember seeing their parents. They look super familiar. I mean, it's one of the most highly debated topics of all time. Oh, their of parents course. are cursed. No, they're not. They are cursed. Not as cursed as that picture of Max. <laughs> that's a fantastic picture. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh. I never read the books, but I mean, children's books is a whole other bag of worms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, that kid with the purple crayon? Harold and the Purple Crayon? Yes. Yes. A classic. Those books I did read. Um, that's definitely a classic. Has a charm to it. One time I was, like, reading it, and this was... I mean, I was, I still wasn't that old. I was... I mean, I was too old for the to be reading the book, but I, I was probably, like... So this was, like, two years ago. 
Yeah, this, yeah. No, this was probably like eight or nine years ago. Um, so I was like 10 or 11. So like I was too old to be reading the book, but like I was just reading it. My dad was like, why are you reading that? I was like, nostalgia purposes. And he was like, you shouldn't be reading that. I was like, you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't get it, father. But it's like, he just does such whack stuff with the purple crayon. It's just a book that tells you to uh, draw on your walls. Oh yeah, no, it's Vandalism, the series. It's great. It was a good series of books, though. And a good show. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think I watched the show. I don't remember anything about the show. I barely I remember the books. Anything. I don't see it. He, apparently there's just a bunch of, like, sequels to Harold and the Purple Crayon. It's just the same exact thing. It's just Harold going off. Yeah, no, it was a series. Harold's just like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill all of you. Yeah. I think the one I had was The Adventures of Harold and the Purple Crayon. Don't quote me on that, though. What was it about? It's the same thing as the other ones. Ah, Harold's got a crayon. Oh, this oh, this uh, book art is iconic. Dude, Harold's just straight vibing. Harold just chilling with the crayon, just scribbling around on his parents' walls. You know what's another, like, super cursed thing? What? Newspaper comics. I don't think they're cursed. I want you to look at a picture of Dilbert and tell me he's not cursed. <laughs> Alright, Dilbert has weird energy to him. I won't give you that. I don't know. I mean, I've always been a huge fan of uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Was that a, originally a newspaper comic? Uh, I I thought so. Was it not? It might be. You, you might be. I'm t- I'm talking more about modern ones. Oh, those okay. are all yeah. really cursed. Yeah, I haven't seen many modern. Well, it's because nobody really reads them anymore. But like, they're keeping them. You know. Well, I mean, the new Sunday comics is just like the pages on Instagram and Webtoon. It's just people who just start their own about their own life. Yeah. Which, there's a lot of really great ones out there. There's a lot of ones that aren't as good, but they've got promise. I can't think of any to recommend right now, unfortunately. But I, I, what, One thing I do hate is modern political comics, too. <laughs> yeah, political comics are very hard to do in a way that is not really dumb. Back when uh, Dr. Seuss used to do political comics... Yes, I watched a fascinating video on Dr. Seuss recently, and some of his, not just his World War II art, but, like, his art that wasn't made for children's books is fascinating. His World War II art was also very racist. Yeah, no, some of his art did not... No, it's not even that it didn't age well. It wasn't really appropriate at the time, either. He is a very talented artist, like, skills-wise. Was, that's right. You know, his books are classics. The fact that they've held up this long is impressive. I just finished watching recently um the green eggs and ham series on netflix they made it into a tv series uh probably gonna get a lot of flack for this because you know it's a children's show but i wanted something to put on the background and i actually heard it was pretty decent and it was they took the series and they gave it like it wasn't extended in a way that felt forced like with the lorax or with the live action cat in the hat or anything like that like it was a natural extension of the story in a way i would argue I don't know. I thought okay. it was pretty solid. It's really charming. It just feels like a movie that is extended over 13 episodes. Like, the arcs of the characters very much feels like a movie. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking at pictures, and it's very modern-looking. Yeah, but it still has that Seuss charm to it, in a way, I would argue. A little bit, from what I can see. I mean, I didn't watch it, because, you know, um, the, I don't watch the, bad cartoons. Yeah, but you have bad taste in cartoon characters, that's for sure. Shut up, shut up! The theme song... For Green Eggs and Ham was performed by none other than Rivers Cuomo of Weezer. Oh. Yeah. It's not bad. It's pretty catchy. He's just like, 
I lived in the sun. <laughs> we were both trying to think of a Weezer reference. My name is Jonas. <laughs> My name is Sam I Am. Die Zombie Bastards is a great song, whatever it's called. Funnily enough, that is the theme song for Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot that they came out with an album called Van Weezer. Weezer's still going strong. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, they had a, you know, they no, had the cover I, album that... I'm not, like, I am I like Weezer fine. I don't, I'm not huge on him. I mean, yeah, that, that's fair. Like, not even from a quality sense, just the sense that they're still releasing music and their cover of Africa did really well. Yeah. My goodness. Well, I think this conversation has sufficiently fallen apart 500 <laughs> times. 100%, but I think it was entertaining enough. I hope so. Do you have anything else you want to say about anything we talked about today? Honestly, I don't remember half of the things we talked about today. Dude, we started with Vaporwave, <laughs> and then there was Half-Life, and then Uniqua. I don't oh, know, man. <laughs> like we said, check us out on Twitter, at yep. 218timepod. Tweet at us, reach out to us, tell us how stupid we are. Yep. We're probably going to get a lot of comments like that, which is fair. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're working on it we're getting better yeah I promise the audio will get better I hope this is better than last episode we'll get there eventually I promise we got this we're strong boys for those who are listening thank you for your patience yeah alright well well it's been a pleasure yep and uh, until next time Godspeed yeah. our reservoir